0: This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Durenda.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 178 of the Laravel News Podcast. Uh, Glad to have you all back. Me and Michael are glad to be back. Last time, Michael had to do it solo. We have switched our schedule, and so I am all sorts of mixed up. And tonight, I was up watching football, which I don't typically do, but my in-laws were in town, and so the Broncos were playing, which is their team. We just got back from Denver, so sure, why not? And they lost in overtime, so bummer. <laughs> bummer, bummer. And so I'm a bit late again tonight. So, hey, thanks, Michael, for being patient. That's all right. All right. So we're going we're gonna to... Don't do- let it happen again, though. I, I will, it will not happen again, sir. You've, I was, I would say you have my word on it, but I want to, I try and make my word <laughs> mean something. And I don't, I don't know if I can promise that. Okay. Laravel <laughs> 9.33 and 9.34, written by Mr. Paul Redmond, everyone's favorite whoa, human. Whoa, Let's whoa. get into whoa. it. Oh, before we do that, whoa. though, before we do that, number one, at the top of our notion document, we have a little lady holding carrots, a little farmer lady holding carrots, which <laughs> is really cute. Good pick for today. But, more importantly, we have two sponsors today, a dual sponsorship, if you will. We've got Honey Badger and Planet Scale, both sponsoring the show today. Honey Badger, a longtime sponsor. Planet Scale, a brand new span, sponsor, which we've been talking about uh, sort of in our back channels for a while now. So, really excited to have them on board this month. And uh, we're going to be talking about them in a couple minutes. So, until yeah. then, Laravel 9.33 and 9.34, let's talk about it. So, here we go. In Laravel 9.33, we have Laravel Precognition, which was sort of teased by Taylor a bit uh, at Laracon Online. We have short attribute syntax for self-closing blade components and more. Let's go through the list. So Laravel Precognition, let's talk about this. Tim McDonald contributed the introduction of Precognition. Um, and a full explanation of this feature is outside of the scope of this article. You can check it, pull request 4433.9 for a deep description of what precognition offers but here's the TLDR version of it. This is a new framework feature that allows developers to create new and improved experiences for their users in what way you ask. Here's what it does. It introduces a request response header middleware and for some cases a global helper that Laravel reacts to in a unique manner. Still too wordy. So basically here's what it is. Server side and client side uh validation errors out of the box. Really, really simply, right? So when a precognition request comes into Laravel, everything right up until the controller is executed, including all middleware, route model, binding, resolution, form request, validation, all of those things that happen before it actually gets into the method of your controller, all those things happen. And then it stops and it will return then the response that it would get if there is any validation exceptions or anything like that. And, uh, so you get the wonderful feature of front side validation that effect that feel without having to do all the work of implementing it uh, yeah. yourself, right? So you can still use Blade directives in order to be able to get those errors and all that stuff. You don't have to do any of the JavaScript stuff, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and you just get all the benefits of that without having to worry about implementing it yourself. That was sort of like the version that I saw when Taylor was demoing it. That was kind of how I understood it. Is that how you understand it as well, Michael?
0: Yeah, I think I think the the main point really is that it gives you that Sort of partial validation logic without yeah, having yeah. to submit the whole form. Mm-hmm. We, we, you know, that's that's what you, we had to do previously. Was you'd have to submit the whole form, and then that would come back as a, you know, as a, a blade response, as a HD as a HTTP response, and then you'd have to do all of your like errors checks to see like errors yeah. has key whatever. Whereas yep. this is giving you that functionality kind of in line, and you can do you can do it on blur and and things like that. So it mm-hmm. gives you like that that instantaneous feedback on those fields, which is really nice um something that like livewise had for you know since since day one so it's nice to see that kind of baked right into the framework now as well and as an optional thing that you can kind of switch on and off on, on endpoints as you need it
1: yep very very cool so excited to play around with that one a bit uh, we've also got short attribute syntax for self-closing blade components so think to yourself here um, you've got html tags that require opening and a closing tag like paragraph for example or body or head or script or Whatever. Actually, I don't know if script necessarily requires a, a start and an end tag. In any case, a input, for example, might not need a start and an end. It could be self-closing, right? So you start it, and then right before you put your end bracket, you just put that last slash. That's a, that's the idea of a self-closing HTML element. Well, now you can mm-hmm. do that with blade components. So Perry Van Der Meer contributed the short attribute syntax to self-closing blade components it builds on the short attribute syntax that was released in laravel uh, 9.32 for blade components um and so now you can do uh short syntax for self-closing components so x-profile yeah, nice. slash bracket there you go self-closing yeah
0: amount of times that i've i've done that and it's yeah. not worked yep. <laughs> i, I just, agree especially especially for such short things like that mm-hmm. you know where yep. in that example it's really terse is x-profile and then you're passing it a, a A variable but there's nothing else like it's not a multi-line component you're not doing a whole lot of stuff with it it's nice to to have that so it's nice to have that that syntax available to us now
1: yep absolutely absolutely we've got a render php's uh backed enum and blade views this is 9.34 so nuno maduro contributed blade rendering support for backed enums so here's the following example if you have a uh web route and in this case, uh, it's going to return a view that is your dashboard, and then you're passing in a role uh, which is backed by an enum, a user roles enum. It will basically what what Laravel has now is it has this ability to take that value and cast it to like the string value, I think, of that enum class, I believe. And so previously, apparently, you could not do that. You couldn't do that inside of a Blade. You know, in sort of a, a value that you're passing into a blade view. I think you could do it in a cast or something like that, a backed enum. Yeah. But maybe you couldn't do it before in this way. Well, now you can. Well, basically, so can,
0: yeah. Basically, before it was it was trying to display and and when you pass that into HTML special characters because Blade does escaping for you out of the box by default. It didn't. It didn't know what to do with the enum. So this is adding a bit of handling to say like if it isn't is uh, a back enum, yeah, use the yeah, string Yeah, then call the call the value method on it um yep. otherwise or the value property on it otherwise uh you know go about the rest of the processing so nice I need to look quality yeah. of life thing
1: i need to look more at php 8.1 uh enum so we are actually just finishing up all of our laravel 9 shifts which is odd because jason mccurry just pushed a bunch of laravel 9 mid shifts so like kind of getting everything back in sync with like the configuration things and all that good stuff uh, mm-hmm. but I know, I know I'm know i excited about 8.1 because I get to use enums uh, in a way that I've not been able to use them before. And so I just, I, I don't know as much about them as I probably should. So I'm going to make it happen. We're going to get there eventually. Uh, and also, if you don't know, like if there's some features that you haven't used in PHP 8 or PHP 8.1, and you're like, not sure what they are even, what are, what are these new features and how could I be using them? We do have some really practical example blog posts that are going to be coming up uh, written by Steve, uh, McDougal. And he always does such a great job writing these up, but he's got some really solid concrete examples of how you can use these new features, not just for the sake of using new features, but how they can clean your code up and make, um, you know, you can use them for your benefit. So excited about those. Those are going to be coming out really soon here. Okay. We have an add CC method to mail fake. So Adrian Nernberger, Adrian Nernberger contributed the missing CC method mail fakes the implementation is as follows so you say a pending mail fake and then you cc users just like you could typically do you know if a if you were going to be able to cc something uh, just with a regular mailable now you can do this with this pending mail fake Uh, so probably for use in tests which is really nice ignore case in stringable contains and contains all so if you ever have checked to see if a string contains a value you have probably known that it is case-sensitive. Well, you don't always want it to be case-sensitive. Sometimes you don't want it to care what the case is, if it's uppercase or lowercase. Um, so in this case, you can say contains or contains all, and as a second argument, you can pass a true uh, or false, which will tell it whether it should be case-sensitive or not. So pretty cool. That's all of the changes for 9.33 and 9.34. On to you, Mr. Dorinda. Amazing. Laravel
0: 9.35 was a bit of a, a database heavy focus, this one. So the, the first thing that we had that wasn't database thing, we'll talk about that first, is the alternative, alternate mailable syntax, which is contributed by Taylor Otwell And it's an alternate syntax that allows you to work by returning slim value objects that specify content and attributes of a mailable. So previously, we had to do things like use the the build method in a mailable and then pass it an array, uh, you know, chain a whole bunch of, you know, subject and title and whatever else there. The new mailable syntax allows you to return these specialized value objects. So we've got an envelope and a content value object, and it allows you to use PHP 8 sort of named argument syntax as well to specify the, the subject, the CC, the tags, the metadata. It, it's an optional thing. I think in terms of modern PHP, named arguments is probably one of the nicer things in that it communicates intent of what's happening and it, and it's a bit more explicit in your application code when you're reading it. It also means that you can arbitrarily pass things to to these constructors. So if you didn't need to pass argument one or two, but you wanted to set the value for argument three, you can do that just by using the named argument syntax and it and it cleans things up a little bit for you, makes it a bit more expressive. So it's nice to see these kinds of things sort of finding their way into the framework. Of course, as I said, the traditional way of defining mailables using the build method won't be removed. Uh, but the this example is is a little bit more obvious, as I said, because of that PHP named ar- argument syntax. So definitely check that out. It's a, a nice little change that we've got there. The next thing that we have is eloquent strict mode. So this was contributed by Chris morell and Taylor Otwell. I think Aaron Francis was talking about this kind of stuff on Twitter, trying to sort of come up with, you know, a way of enabling this kind of functionality, which was mainly around preventing silently um, or preventing access to to missing attributes. So the way that um, the way that Active Record works in in the Laravel context with Eloquent is that any property that you access on a model, whether it exists or not, will return null. So this this can sometimes lead to weird issues where you're, say you're doing a specific select. So if you do, you know, user colon, colon, select, ID, comma, name, get, and then you were to um, later reference the email field, this would return null because you have not selected it. It's not in the attribute, uh, the attributes array for that model, which can lead to, you know, weird edge cases and bugs in your code. So this, this new method, three different, or me- well, actually four different methods and then like an encapsulating one Prevent accessing missing attributes when enabled will throw an exception saying, you know, this this attribute doesn't exist on the model. And that's really useful to, to kind of prevent those edge cases. We've also got prevent silently discarding attributes, which is useful in the context of fillable. mass assignment exception. And if you're using fill and things like that, where the way that Laravel works with that fillable array, if you're using it, is that anything that you pass into the mass assignment methods, create, update, you know, save fill if it's not in that fillable array previously laravel would just drop those fields and so you might end up in these scenarios where you're trying to write something to the database and you're wondering why those fields are ending up null because they're not in your fillable array prevent silen- silently discarding attributes um, will throw an exception in that scenario and the other one we've got prevent lazy loading which has been around for a little while we- will prevent you from lazy loading um relationships in your code so this is all then encapsulated inside this new should be strict method which you can call on the model and you put that into the boot method of a service provider somewhere and that will enable all of these things. Um I personally would do this as a as a development only thing, uh, especially if you're doing an upgrade from a previous version of Laravel, you know, you don't want your application that was that had these like gremlins in there but then suddenly breaking it up in production, but definitely something that you can run in development, in testing, things like that um, to to kind of start bringing a little bit more um, validity, a little bit more sort of um, strictness into your code. So definitely check those things out. They're they're very nice. Um, And and the next thing that we have here is loading trashed models with resource routes. So um, you can do a route colon colon resource in your route method, uh, sorry, in your routes file. And previously, this would you know, automatically scope that resource to if you're using soft deletes to the the undeleted file. So you can now chain on a with trashed method to the route resource call um, and you can optionally pass that an array of routes as well. So you could say like with trashed on show only, for example, or on um, index or whatever else. So this was contributed by Andrew Brown. Uh, and that that is all that we have.
1: What is PlanetScale? Well, this is a MySQL compatible, which is really important for all of us who run Laravel. We love our MySQL, but it is a MySQL compatible serverless database. If you happen to launch a SaaS product on MySQL, good for you. That's a great choice. However, at some point, you are probably going to run into some scale issue. Laravel scales, the biggest thing that you're going to run into when you're trying to scale your application is going to be the database. Planet scale is your solution. So the goal of planet scale is to deliver a powerful, easy to use database that increases developer velocity and productivity. Here's a couple of the things that make it really cool. Number one, it has a unique branching workflow that makes schema changes feel really safe and really familiar so you can you create a database branch off of your production database apply schema changes on that isolated branch then you create a deploy request to merge that into production you review or approve those schema changes and then once merged you have the option to revert that schema change if you realize you made a mistake this is always the big nightmare if you make a mistake in your migrations how do you get back planet scale makes it really easy Uh, The other thing that it gives you is the ability to monitor uh, inside your dashboard to get a really good overview of database performance. They surface analytics all the way down to the individual query level. So if something's running really slow or it's running super often, you can pinpoint where that's happening. Uh, The workflow is uh, the same one that enables you to ship those schema changes uh, without requiring downtime or maintenance mode. Think like zero downtime deployment, but for database changes. So under the hood, PlanetScale is built on Vitesse. This is an open source database technology that helps scale things like YouTube and Slack and GitHub and more. Uh, So it handles horizontal sharding, non-blocking schema changes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, without the pain of having to implement them by yourself. Uh, Unlimited connections, hot row protection, query consolidation uh, protection, all the buzzwords, all the things you'd want to use if you need to scale your application, PlanetScale is your solution. If you'd like to find out more, you can go to planetscale.com to try it out. Thanks, Planet Scale, for sponsoring the show. I'm really excited about
0: having you know Planet Scale sponsored the the site for the Laravel on new site for a while. This is the first time they're they're on the podcast, and I've been using like just their free tier, which is super generous. Um, and and just as a means of like playing around with the product and using mm-hmm. that to to kind of see what you can do. There are some um limited like you can't use foreign key, you can use, uh, you can't use foreign key constraints, um, which is just part and parcel with using the service. Um, You you know, you can still index things, but you can't use cascading deletes and things like that. So there's, there's considerations around it, but for, for the most part, um, it's, it's, it's hugely scalable. It's really competitively priced as well um like the free tier is is generous but even even to get started at some, i think it's 100 billion reads a month and and 50 million writes or something like that is is like 40 bucks a month so um it's definitely something to consider if you need that scalability and all of the like the sugar on top the um you know being able to do the the merging and branching of of you know schema changes gives you like pull requests for that as well which is really useful so um I could talk about it for ages but check it out Aaron Francis is working there as well now as their one of their developer advocates so show them some love um, and check it out it's a it's a it's a great product absolutely it is all right uh just one news item this week and this is announcing the Lara Jobs consultants feature this is a new feature that was added to the larajobs.com website which includes live preview while placing job listings and the ability to include salary ranges, daily or weekly boosting, and the ability to automatically relist every 30 days. Many, many of the Lara Jobs customers are hiring by default. Like if you are placing a job there, it's for hiring, you know, full timers. I need a new developer to come and work for me full time. But as we know, there are so many talented developer places that can offer the same job faster, better, and cheaper. And now that the economy is a little bit more unsettled, there could be a lot of companies out there that have projects that need to get done, but they prefer not to add the full, full-time full headcount. So with this in mind, Larry Jobs has added the consultant section to to the site with the idea that they can potentially expose more Laravel shops to great consultancies that we have in the Laravel space. Uh, the new six section is filterable for a list of consultancies, um, as well as the, quote, contact cart functionality, allowing potential clients to contact multiple consultancies at, uh, at once. So, you know, if you're a, an agency or a consultancy, if you're even if you're like a freelance developer, I suppose you could get yourself involved in there as well. Definitely check that out to you know put yourself out there as a individual or business that is wanting to help out businesses around the world.
1: Absolutely. Okay, folks, let's move on to packages and developer tools. So the first one we've got in the list here is user notifications in Livewire with megaphone. So. You may or may not be aware of this. Um, I'm assuming you probably are if you've been listening to this for any length of time. Um, Laravel, not. I mean, actually, it's been a while. Laravel introduced, in addition to the idea of these mailables, right, which is something that's been core to Laravel for a long time, being able to send mail is a large part of any web application. But. There's, in addition to just mail, this idea of notifications, right? And notifications can have a bunch of different channels. There's a ton of different plugins and libraries you can use for these. You know, you can send SMS notifications. You can send Slack notifications. You can send, I don't know, like actual physical written mail notifications. You can do, there's drivers for every single type of notification you'd want. One of them though, is a database driver for notifications, Uh, So you can send a notification to your internal users and you can just say, write a database record for that one and let the person know. Now, one thing it does not come with, however, is it does not come with a way to display those notifications to your users or to allow them to clear out those notifications as they've seen them, et cetera, et cetera. So what this does is this is called Megaphone, and this is a LiveWire UI for Laravel-based user notifications. It uses the built-in Laravel notification features to allow you to add bell icons to your LiveWire app using a very simple uh, component, right? So it's Livewire colon megaphone and that's it. There you go. It should be really simple. And then to use it, you just say uh, new important or new, you know, whatever type alert, maybe emergency. I'm not exactly actually sure what the actual classes are. Uh, but then all you do is you say user notify, pass through that notification. And there you go. It's going to make its way to the front end. It comes with custom notification types, commands to clear all announcements, customizable lists of notification types in the admin panel. It comes with an admin panel to be able to send notifications to all users. In addition to, you know, being able to send them from your backend, it provides a front end UI for you to as an admin send notifications to users. Uh, and then it also comes with a live wire component to render the admin panel. So if you've needed to add that bell to the top of your icon, to the top of your app, you know, little nav bar across the top there and you're not really sure how to do that, this is a great place to get started. Uh, and so that is Megaphone, github.com mm-hmm. slash Mike Barlow. Thanks, Mike. Mike Barlow slash Megaphone. There we go.
0: Very nice. Our
1: package section
0: wouldn't be complete without one or more packages from spacy This one is the ability to dynamically create and destroy servers uh, with Laravel. As I said, it's packaged by Sparse that helps you start and stop Servers when needed. The primary use case is creating extra servers to help you with queue workloads. So, Jason McCree, JMAC, mentioned or, or, or was working on this for Laravel Shift. You know, he's got, when whenever new Laravel releases come out, he's got this influx of um, shifts that need to be run. And this was taking, you know, a couple of hours to get through. And so he was looking at a way to be able to dynamically scale up on his Digital ocean service, the number of servers that are running. So, rather than running this massively over provisioned server, you know, 30 days of the month, he can scale up lots of smaller workers for a period of an hour a day at a fraction of the cost. So why not just use Kubernetes? Freik says, you can think of Laravel dynamic servers as a sort of PHP based version of Kubernetes that has 5% of its features, but covers 80% of the use case. And for most PHP and Laravel developers, this package will also be easier to learn and use. So while you could solve the problems in other ways, the package might be perfect for your needs to scale servers up and down. You can use a, a, a callback to basically determine the server count that needs to be run. And however, you, know, you want to make sure that there's always five servers running. Um, you can use Horizon's wait time calculator to determine how many servers to need to be there. And then, so this runs every minute and basically figures out, do I need to scale up or down the number of servers? Some of the other highlights of the package is ensuring, as I said, the number of servers that are running, the ability to reboot servers, to handle multiple server types, manually increasing and decreasing the number of servers um, and configuring hard limits on the number of servers, so you don't run away with, you know, suddenly hundred servers running out of the box. The box, out of the box, the package has a server provider for UpCloud. However, you can create custom provider for your favorite cloud service provider. Um, I've looked at this a little bit for then ping me in that, like at midnight, we have this huge influx mm-hmm. of pings that come in, and so with this package, we can use it to really simply say at like ten minutes before midnight or thirty minutes before midnight, spin up three or four worker servers so that we can process that queue and then 15 minutes after midnight turn them all off get rid of them because they're no longer needed to to function so it's a really useful piece of functionality for those sort of more predictable scaling loads but even you know even if it's temporary or or you know transient needs this allows you to do that without having to go to the full extent of figuring out you know kubernetes or you know horizontal scaling or, or whatever else like all of these kind of things that you can do with other services but you know for the the solopreneur the, the small SaaS, like being able to scale these things up ad hoc using php is is a real bonus so definitely check that out we we'll have links to the docs and the package and everything in the show notes as per normal
1: very nice uh, following on the heels of that, we've got another Spassi package, which is a filament markdown editor. So what is filament, you may be asking yourself. Um, if you've not heard of the tall stack before, that is Tailwind, Alpine, Livewire, and Laravel, T-A-L-L, the tall kit. And so this is for people who are using and enjoying Laravel and are looking for... Um, an admin panel, essentially, I think is basically the best way to describe this, right? Uh, So the admin panel is just one of the packages of filament.php, but that's probably the primary one. Secondly, you have a form builder, then you have a table builder, and then you have notifications. And when you push all those together, you get a big admin sort of panel stack. And as one of the things that you might need in that form builder, uh, you might need a markdown editor. So Spassi has taken it upon themselves to go ahead and create that Markdown editor for the Filament admin panel. Uh, You can quickly install this package and get Markdown editing support with code highlighting, image uploads, and more. So a lot of these uh, things that ship with different admin panels, right, that you have, you know, the very, very basic formatting. Hey, here's a heading. Here's bold. Here's italics. You can put a link in. But they don't Mm -hmm. ship with some of these things like code syntax highlighting, or image uploads, right? It's That doesn't work. And GitHub, it does. GitHub, you can do triple backticks and PHP, and then you get your mm-hmm. code highlighting in there and drop an image in, and then it, it uploads and all that stuff. But on most of the things uh, that ship with a default sort of markdown or, you know, editor, it doesn't include that stuff. So now it does. It gives you a really easy example for how to do this uh, in your code, in the form builder for uh, Filament. You just say markdown editor make name the text field that is or name the fail field the database uh column that it's going to get saved to and then you have a fluent syntax to say here's the file attachment disk here's where the file attachments visibility should be should be public should be protected should be private and then is it a required field right so just using the fluent syntax chain to define the the options for that markdown editor uh really really simple and then you can also uh, support dragging and dropping images onto that editor so of course, it's free. It is uh, postcardware. So if you happen to use this one, be sure to sip send to a postcard, pay your postcard debts. All right, that's that one. Nice. The next thing we have here is, it's it's both a
0: package and a like hosted web service. It's the curl converter, which is a tool to convert curl commands to Laravel's HTTP client. This was a, a free-to-use package slash feature nice. release from Laravel Shift. So JMAC, shout out to him. And it allows you to quickly convert curl request to a HTTP client request. So anytime that you've gone to like some API docs, if you've ever gone to like the Google docs, for example, they give you, you know, Python and Java and Ruby and JavaScript and curl. And so sure. you can just copy and paste that curl request, throw it into either the um, you know the web UI or the package, and it will spit out the corresponding HTTP request. So if you're interested in using that as a uh, you know, something to, to, to use obviously the conversion features, or if you're interested in the development of the tool, there's some live streamed recordings of that, that you can check out, but we'll have links to the package itself in the show notes. Uh, very yeah. nice little, just, it's nice to have these kinds of things out and about there, like, you know, Jamac needed it. And instead of paywalling it or locking it up or something, he's just gone, here's, here's a package. He's uh here's a little web service you can use and and go from there
1: yeah he's got a couple of these things out there he's got a um another service like can i upgrade yet and you just take mm-hmm. your composer.json drop it in this and then it'll basically look at all the versions of the package that you that you're using and it kind of does dual purpose it number one checks to see is it going to be compatible with the version of laravel that you're trying to upgrade to is it going to be compatible with the version of php that you're trying to upgrade to um mm-hmm you know, what do you need to look out for? And then it also adds those to the list of sort of packages that people are using in Laravel, right? So he can kind of keep track of what are the most popular packages. And then what JMAC does is sort of just a service to the Laravel community is when it's about time for a major release, he'll actually submit automated pull requests to all of these packages, these really popular packages Mm. with a free shift to say, hey, this needs to support Laravel 9.x now or php8.x now, whatever super cool that he does that he calls himself yeah. laravel's garbage man like he just garbage takes man. care of the trash right <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and he really does i think one of the most valuable things here too is I, I i'm really excited to take a look at the repo and just take a look at how it how it is that he's doing these things um yeah it's a it's an art form a bit to take some of these really raw stringy things and convert them consistently in a really nice way to mm-hmm. Code right, code yeah. HTTP colon colon with token. Pass the API token, then get. I mean, so you sure. have to parse that whole string. How do you do that? How exactly is he parsing that and then converting it into code? I want to. I want to know. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm really interested to see, take a look at that, watch some of the live yeah. streams. Um, the thing with kind of like taking these curl commands yourself and then trying to convert
0: them into HTTP requests is that you might wind up with errors, even as an amazing developer as yourself writing these things. And when those errors do happen, it's nice to know that Honey Badger has your back. Badger makes you a DevOps hero by combining error, uptime, and check-in monitoring into a single easy-to-use platform, and they'll send you alerts in real-time with all the context needed to see what's causing the error and where it's hiding so you can quickly fix it and get on with your day. And the included uptime and cron monitoring also lets you know when your external services are having issues or your background jobs go missing or silently fail. You can go to honeybadger.io and discover how Star, Josh, and Ben created a 100% bootstrap monitoring solution, which is crucial because by being self-funded, it means they answer only to us, the developer, rather than a venture capital overlord. So if you want to make sure that there are no errors in your converted co-requests, be sure to check out Honeybadger. Say hello. Tell them we sent you.
1: Absolutely. I was gonna try and do something with that, with like the whole curl, you know, debugging sort of deal, but you did you did a much better job. Nice, <laughs> nice segue there. It's hey, good. um it's good. we have had a you know a lot of tutorials recently, thanks to Steve McDougal. He's been really killing it on the tutorial front, does a great job of writing up a bunch of things. And one of the things I really appreciate about Steve is he has an opinionated approach to development. Um, Mm -hmm. very few of the things that he talks about in his tutorials are, and I kind of made up my mind when I wrote this tutorial that this is how we should do it, but I might change my mind next week. No, that Mm -hmm. is not Steve. Steve has an opinion and he is very willing to share it with you. And it's a very well thought through and decided upon approach that he's, this is the reason I do it. And here's how, here's how I think it would help you too. Uh, so in this particular tutorial, the first one I'm talking about, he talks about building a slide over panel component with live wire. So he's going through the tall stack. Uh, So, you know, assuming that you installed Tailwind UI, Tailwind CSS, and then he starts by creating this generic side panel component, which he's going to then use to pass values into, right? And so this is not just for slide over components. This really does apply to like, you know, creating an extracted component that you can pass other things into so that you don't have 20 different modals or slide overs all over your, all over your application, right? So in this, in this, he talks through how you can create your own slide over component and some of the things that he does in these components specifically, like what do you do in order to determine if it's open or closed, right? This is a vital aspect of a side panel mm-hmm. or of a modal. Uh, so how does he do it? What's, what's the way that he take what, What's the approach that he takes? He uses entangle with Alpine JS to, mm-hmm. to, to handle that, uh, which is cool I, i've i feel like i've done it like three different ways you know so like just saying this is how i do it and this is why i do it i think is really really cool and then he's got all the code to make that happen too so also sometimes it can be a bit confusing if you go to like tailwind ui and you just copy the code out of there and you paste it in and you're like okay now i gotta figure out how to hook this up with the rest of the stuff that's in here because yeah. it's not like tailwind ui isn't like tall stack aware it's not like you can mm-hmm. just drop this in and away way you go there is a little bit of right. work to do to wire it up uh, yeah, so especially Steve, with like
0: the transition stuff. Yes. They've got comments in Tailwind UI that says like, this is what happens on start and end and whatever else. And it's up to you, you depending it. on the front end tools that you're using to kind of convert yep. that to the appropriate thing. So, you know, this is how to use Tailwind UI with, with Livewire to, to kind of do that. And then to use, you know, Alpine JS on the front end to to set all those transition um, properties as well. So,
1: you got yeah, it. yeah copy, so paste, like- done. Exactly. And so like on this, he, he does a a unique, it's not really necessarily unique, but he will emit an event of open panel. So this emit open panel, and then he passes in like the panel title and then he passes in, he passes in the items so that the side panel is reusable. Right? So he has this nice little component. You could just say, emit this open panel and then pop it open on the side. And here's the contents that you should shove in there. Um, Mm -hmm. So this is really nice. I think it allows you to create really clean user interfaces so that you can only define it once and then you're good to go. And then you can kind of use these patterns to open it whenever you need it, changing out the content at the time that you actually need that content uh, or at the, as you need that side of panel. So thank you, Steve. Good tutorial. Uh, quick read through it. It's super solid stuff. Mm. Uh, the next one we have here is a Paul Redmond tutorial, which we've not
0: seen for a little while, I think. And this is getting started with parallel testing and code coverage in Laravel. Parallel testing is something that has been officially supported in Laravel Via, via artisan since laravel 8.25 and basically it's a matter of just running php artisan test dash dash parallel and if it's the first time that you're running it laravel will automatically add any uh, dependency so there's a dependency on bryanium slash paratest it'll install that for you get it all set up and then it'll run your test suite and so parallel testing allows you to run multiple tests in parallel so it, it you know, it cuts down on, um, you know, database scaffolding and and because you're running things in parallel, obviously the amount of time in most cases for your test to run will be reduced by an order of magnitude. Um, you can also use the dash dash coverage flag with PHP Artisan. And if you've got Xdebug or PCov or um, there's, there's another one that allows you to do this, you can generate coverage reports. Now, whether that's a, a PHP format coverage report that just spits out what your coverage is, you know, line by line, the percentage of coverage for each of the files, or if you're wanting to do HTML coverage reports, which will give you a, a UI that you can open in your browser as static HTML and, and sort of click through and look at all of the code. And it'll, it'll highlight, you know, in red and green, these lines haven't got test coverage. These lines have got test coverage. You can see percentages, not not that, you know, percentages, the overarching factor, but it gives you some visual interpretation and you can, and you can go and look in there and see, you know, these are some areas of my code that isn't tested, but probably should be based on whatever your business requirements are. So definitely check that out. It's a, it's a good article to help you get started in in generating those reports in terms of like visualizing and seeing and understanding what that is. You know, that takes a bit longer, but it's, it's like the kind of thing that, as I said, it will direct you to the places that you should look at, but don't don't look at like 100% coverage as as a a marker of a good, in quotes, test suite. So thanks to Paul for that one.
1: Very nice. We've got another uh, tutorial here from Steve, and this one is specifically centered around notifications. Now, we've already talked a little bit about this previously in the show with that LiveWire megaphone uh, library. But if you've not used notifications before, if kind of the only thing that you've done previously is maybe sending mail and your interest was peaked when I talked about notifications a little bit earlier, this idea that you can have like a, uh, let's just say like uh, item was shipped notification. And when your user purchased your item, Uh, They said, Hey, I want to be notified by text message when uh, there's an update. And I also want to be notified by email when there's an update. Well, instead of having to to define two different notifications that need to go out, uh, you can just have a single notification. You say, "item was shipped notification. And then inside of that notification, you can have different channels that you're going to deliver that to. So uh, Steve walks through all of that, how you set that up, how you go about testing it, how you pull in the different libraries that are used to send to those different channels, The whole shebang. So, if that is something that you have not yet done previously, and you're looking for somebody to kind of walk along with you uh, down that path and get it all set up, Steve is your man. And we've got the uh, tutorial diving into notifications for you to check out on that front. So, would encourage you to do so. Thanks, Steve. Uh, The last tutorial we have here from
0: Steve is uploading, uh, learning how to upload files in Laravel like a pro. This is one thing that I hate always have always, still do, yes. hate uploading files. And that doesn't matter, like, how easy Laravel makes it or how easy these third-party packages like Media Library and Media Library Pro make it. It's always, like, it's a hassle to, to set up, you know, mm-hmm. file system drivers and, like, discrepancies between using local and S3 and, you know, if you're using the the... Uh, the S3 compatible one that you use. Minio. 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 Yeah, like all of those things are just a pain in the backside every time that I look at it. But this tutorial walks you through using um, media models, using the media library package. It talks about requirements around file names and uploading. It talks about validation um, and and all of that good stuff. Mime types, types. yeah. yeah. validation, Validation processing, responding to these things, talking about getting everything set up, talking about what are these value objects? There's oh, DTOs in here, like all of this stuff. Um, as, as we said before, like Steve goes into a huge amount of detail in all of his tutorials to really help you show or to really help you understand from his opinionated perspective, how to go about using these things um, and and the ways that he would do it in, in his day to day. So definitely check this out. If uh, like me, you are a hater of file uploads and look at some, like you get to the end of this thing and it's like 30 lines of a, of a, what is this, a component? So, what, is it Livewire? Livewire, yeah. This is like a 30-line Livewire component that handles all of this stuff for you now. So um, definitely check it all out. And then maybe you will hate uploading files a little bit less.
1: Yeah, it's funny because Steve says, this is how I find uploading files works for me. There are, of course, many ways to do the same thing, and some of most of them maybe are a little simpler. It wouldn't be a Steve tutorial if I didn't go get a little opinionated and go overboard, right? I mean, that's yeah, so funny exactly. that he states that. Like He even knows that about himself. And you guys have a little bit of a running joke with the whole final, you know.
0: Yeah, don't do that. Don't tell me how to use your code.
1: <laughs> oh, Steve. Steve always putting final on those classes, and Michael always mm-hmm. just like every chance you get to just give him a jab about that one. It's all in good fun, <laughs> folks. It's all in good fun. Well, hey, I think that's it for us, uh, folks. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Thank you, Honey Badger and Planet Scale for sponsoring the show. This was episode 178. If you'd like to, you can find show notes for this show at dot com slash 178. If you like the show, please rate it up in your podcatcher of choice. Five stars would be amazing. Hit us up on Twitter at Jacob Bennett at Michael Dorinda or at Laravel News. Until next time, folks. See ya.
0: See ya.